our year's theme is do not be afraid. And I think that's the first step we have to, to, to grab hold of when we get in a tough spot. We have to recognize that God doesn't want us to be afraid. How many of you know that even though you run into difficult times and I run into difficult times, God doesn't face difficult times? He walks us through them, but he's not, he's not overwhelmed with those difficulties in our lives. He's not consumed with the difficulties in our lives. We get consumed by perceived darkness closing in around us. He doesn't get consumed with that. He is the light in the midst of the darkness. He is the hope in the middle of our despair. When the doctors tell you there's no hope, the Lord steps in and, and declares, I am your hope. When the marriage counselor says, throw it away, there's no hope for you. God says, I can help you. I am your hope. And so we know that when we get in tough places financially, physically, emotionally, relationally, we know that God is present. He is there with us, and he is willing to help us uh, in our time of need. The scripture tells us that continually. And so I love the song. Kaya, thanks for inter introducing us again to the song Egypt this morning, the first song we started with. And that's really where we are taking our teaching from today is the book of Exodus. And we find in the scriptures where the children of Israel have been in bondage and they're being led out of bondage by God. They're being, they're being led by God away from the Egyptians who had held them captive. And now they are getting to a place where when we went through all of this in the fall we walked through the book of exodus the first 13 chapters or so and and we talked about how god brought the plagues and all of these things to bring deliverance uh, so that the world would know and pharaoh would know that the lord is god and that the people that that chose to serve god would know that he is the true and living god without a doubt and so uh, now we get to a place where they've been released from the bondage of the Egyptians, the Pharaoh has, has agreed, they're released, they're, they're going away from his presence, and now his heart is hardened again, and he turns and he's going after them. Can you imagine, uh, you know, not being warriors, not having warriors with you, but you're, you've been in captivity, you're not soldiers, you've just been laborers, hard labor is what you've done for a living, and now these soldiers, the Egyptian armies are pressing in behind you, and where God has led them, don't miss that, and our, our book points that out so well, God has led them into a place that only he can deliver them. There's rough terrain on each side of them. Pharaoh and his army are approaching behind them, and they're up against the Red Sea. Anybody ever heard the story of the Red Sea? We're going to get into that over the next few weeks in Exodus chapter 14. But before we do, I think it's important for us to recognize something this morning. The title of our teaching today is God's Presence. God's Presence. God makes his presence known in the midst of a bad situation for his people. As he's leading them out of bondage, as he's leading them out of captivity, he makes his presence known. So look with me, if you would, in the book of Exodus chapter 13. I just want to read verse 20 through 22 here to get us started this morning. The Bible says, And they moved on from Succoth uh, and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them. If you're, if you're one to mark in your Bible or you're taking notes, I, I like to, I've got that circled a few times in my notes. The Lord went before them as he led them. He went before them by day in a pillar of cloud 
to lead them along the way. There was a manifested presence of God, and the manifestation came through a cloud that led them in the daytime. And then at night, in a pillar of fire, to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Now, I like, to, I like to just read that again to you, that last part. And if you are marking in your Bible, mark this last phrase of verse 22. When it says, The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. It did not depart from them. It remained with them. See, friends, when all is hopeless, I want you to know God shows up and he makes his presence known. These folks didn't know exactly what the journey was, was going to be for them. They didn't know all the obstacles they were going to encounter. But God knew and God was leading them. Kind of reminds me of my life. What about your life? I don't know all the things that are facing me in 2024. I don't know all the things that we will face as a church, as, as citizens of the United States, as, as human beings placed on this planet Earth. I don't know what we're going to face this year. I don't know all the things, that, but we can have confidence in this truth that the Lord is with us. You either didn't hear it or you don't believe it. I said no matter what we face, the Lord is with us. We don't have to be afraid. And, and so the, the presence of God did not depart from them. Situations got tough for them, as we'll see as we read through these next few chapters. There were tough situations they faced, but we need to understand, and these folks needed to understand, from this moment, God's presence was with them, and he did not depart from them. He stayed with them. The Lord is always there for his people. In fact, in the book of Nehemiah, I just thought this was interesting, thought I would share it with you. Nehemiah, over in the book of Nehemiah, he reminded himself, even in prayer, he, he, he spoke this uh, in, in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 12. He's reminding himself of how God had brought his people through this difficult time. And he says, By a pillar of cloud you led them in the day, and by a pillar of fire in the night to light for them the way in which they should go. He's remembering what God has done and how he was there for his people. You know, it's good for us to remember how God has been faithful in our lives. It's good for us to remember how God has been faithful to our families. It's good for us in difficult moments, as Nehemiah was even facing, to look back and remember that God is with us and we don't have to be afraid. I want to encourage you with that today. No matter what you're facing, and some of you are facing some really difficult situations in life right now, but you're not alone, the Lord is with you. If you're a follower of Christ, the Lord is with you in this difficult moment. I would challenge you to look back over your life and see where God has showed up for you. Could I be so bold to say that I believe there are many times God shows up for us that we don't even acknowledge him? We don't give him any credit. We think we figured it out. We think things just worked out. We, we think, well, I didn't see that coming. That just all worked out. And we fail to acknowledge and give honor where honor is due because God showed up. And I, I have to admit in my life, and maybe for you, Sometimes I have failed to give him the praise. I failed to acknowledge or to recognize that it was God that showed up and delivered me. It was God that made a way when there seemed to be no way. 
His presence is with us always. And, and it's good for us to remember that. And Nehemiah was doing that as the people gathered and, and they were worshiping and praying and repenting for their sin. They were also recalling how God had taken care of his people, how God had taken care of them and manifested his presence and so in that moment, Nehemiah recalls, he remembers and brings up this, what we just read in Exodus chapter 13. He remembers the cloud that led them by day and the fire that led them by night. Let us also encourage ourselves as we remember what God has done and his faithfulness in our life. Let me just ask you a question. How many of you, and just raise your hand if you would, all over the building, if you're at home, please help us out here by just participating, by, by giving us a hearty amen on our Facebook thread or something. But, but let, us, let us ask this question. How many of you have seen God be faithful in your life in some way or another? Wow, look at all the hands. Keep those hands up just for a moment. Look around just for a minute. Look at how God has been faithful to his people. Listen, let me encourage you. When the enemy closes in around you and it seems that all hope is lost, don't give up the fight. Don't throw in the towel. Don't think it's over. God is faithful to his people. He, we see his faithfulness in his word to his people. And looking around this morning, I see that each one of you could stand up today if we had the time. Something you remember, a time you remember that God was faithful to you. If we had the time, you could all stand and tell something that God has done, some way that he showed up for you, to God be the glory. And I want to encourage you today, he will not fail you now. He will not fail you now. He is faithful, and his presence did not depart from his people. And his presence will not depart from you and from me. Number one in your outline, see, that was just laying some foundation here about his presence, but let's look at something real, real close. Number one in your outline is God's visible presence leads his people. God's visible presence leads his people here in Exodus chapter 13. The Lord went before them as a cloud, as a pillar, a fire. It was a cloud at night or in the day and a pillar at night. We're reminded of the Lord's awesome presence with them, right? And he was leading them. The Lord is with you and he is with me and he is leading us if we will acknowledge his presence in our lives. I, I believe when, when we get up in the morning, I try to practice this. I, I say, good morning, Lord. I just begin to talk to the Lord and I ask him to order my steps for that day. I also ask him to order my stops for the day as well. I believe God orders our steps and our stops. How about you? I believe God is in our day. If we'll invite him to be there, if we'll recognize his presence in our lives, we'll see him. And so my question to you is, are you looking for the cloud? Are you looking for the fire in your life day and night? Now, the cloud and the fire represent the presence of God. And we don't have the fire and the cloud here today with us, but... but symbolically recognizing that God's presence is with us still today. Do you look for him? Do, do you desire him? Are you looking for his presence in your life day and night? Practically, let me say this, in a practical way, God's presence goes before his people. He leads you into school tomorrow morning. He leads you into work. He leads you in conversations. He leads you in your family time. He leads you in your hobbies and relationships around the community. God is leading his people if we will allow him and if we will acknowledge his leading of his people. 
Whatever problems we encounter in life, we can be confident in this knowledge that the Lord goes before us. I take great comfort, and I've said this oftentimes, God's already been to my tomorrow. God's already there. He knows what's happening in Scott Lee's life. He knows what I'll face tomorrow. He knows what my family will face, what our church... He knows tomorrow already. He's already been to your tomorrow. Take confidence in that. He is leading you. He is leading us. Whatever problems we face, He is there. He goes before us, and He makes the way clear. The Bible tells us, in fact, that the heart of a man will plan his way. This is Proverbs 16, verse 9. Uh, The heart of a man will plan his way, but the Lord establishes or directs his steps. That's Proverbs 16 and 9. On my return trip, I I told you I was down seeing uh, one of our members here, Tim and Billy Ray. Uh, I was there ministering to them last Saturday at a funeral. And um, on the way back, I was supposed to fly back on Tuesday and did anybody hear there was problems with airlines this week and last week? Anybody? I got caught up in all that. I was supposed to be back on Tuesday evening, and I got back Friday afternoon uh, from my trip. Yeah, that's how I felt. Oh, no. It, only I was a little more animated than you just were. You know what I mean? You ever been in the airport when they start coming on? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry, but uh, we're canceling the flight today. You're What? canceling the flight and I mean it's just like crazy and so I, I was a little stressed I was a little frustrated I felt like my week was tremendously interrupted I had to can- call back here have Jen and Janet cancel plans for me and you know all this kind of stuff Jen in the office and Janet with family I mean just you know you got life going on thank the Lord I didn't have any major things like funerals and weddings and things like that I don't know what I would have done but in the process of all of this frustration inconvenience I did ask my family to pray for me. I I sincerely did. I said, pray for me, because I feel like just letting somebody have it right now. This was after the third flight was canceled, right? And I wasn't getting home, and things weren't getting easier, and I was getting frustrated. To God be the glory, I I, I hope you're not disappointed in me when I tell you I was frustrated. I know I'm your pastor, but I'm human. You know what I'm saying? And so I was frustrated, and I was a little aggravated, and I, I won't get into the whole thing. But anyway, uh, I just didn't feel like they, there was a lot of respect there for the passengers. And, and so in that process, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let somebody have it here in a few minutes. I'm going to tell somebody what I think about their program here. And, and the Lord really helped me. And so I was flying back on Thursday evening. I thought I was supposed to leave Chattanooga, Tennessee on Thursday afternoon. I thought I would be back Thursday night. And then they got me to Salt Lake and couldn't get me back into Billings. So I had to spend the night in Salt Lake City. I thought, what an inconvenience. This is so bad. But I, I, to God be the glory, you would be pleased with your pastor. Thank you for praying for me. Because I did, I did maintain my cool. And I was pleasant and able to smile and visit with some folks. But the next day, I found out why. You ever, you've ever been in tough situations, frustrations, inconvenience, interruptions in your life, and you're like, God, what is going on? What is happening here? And the next day I found out why. It's an amazing story. My mom was having, a, was having breakfast and coffee with a friend in Tennessee. This friend we've grown up with for years. This lady has been my mom's, one of her best friends for years and years. And every time we went back to Tennessee as a family, when I was growing up, we stayed with this family, and they were precious to us. And in November of this year, the husband passed away. And my mom was having coffee with this widow on Friday morning. I'm in Salt Lake City Airport, 
And, and this couple had three children that me and my brothers were really close to. We're still really good friends. But I haven't seen their son Trey in over 10 years. I haven't seen him. And I just wanted to hug his neck. On my trip to Tennessee and Georgia to be with Tim and Billy Ray, I got to hug all of my friends there and, and, and tell them how, give them my condolences for their dad's passing and all of this stuff. Got to hug Wanda, the widow. Got to hug her and just love on her a little bit. They've been great friends of ours, but I didn't see Trey. Trey doesn't live around there, and he was busy with work and all these kind of things. And so in the process of all of that, I was a little disappointed. I'll just tell you, I was disappointed. So my mom, sitting in Tennessee, having breakfast with Wanda Calfee, texts me and says, Are you still in Salt Lake? What time do you leave? I said, I fly out at 930. She said, Trey Calfee is in Salt Lake City in the airport right now. And he flies out at 945. Oh, it gets better. I said, where is he? Where is he? And then I realized texting back and forth with mom wasn't working very fast. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be critical of my mama. That's my mama. I can say that, but it wasn't working very fast. So I'm like, I've got a board. They were getting ready. They were calling for us to start boarding. So I said, send me his number. And she got it to me like that. And I called him. True story. I'm sitting in gate 828. I call him up. I said, hey, buddy. He's like, Scott Lee. I said, where are you? He said, Salt Lake City Airport. I said, where are you, where are you at? What, what concourse are you on? He said, gate, I'm at gate A31. I was in A28. I said, you're right across from me. He said, yes, I am. And he, I said, stand up. And he stood up and went like this, and I saw him, and we got to visit for a while. I got to hug his neck. I got to talk to him. I got to encourage him a little bit. He encouraged me. Now, that's to God be the glory. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? In all the frustration, now I want to tell you, I wasn't pleasant the whole time. I was frustrated. But in the midst of it, I kept hearing the still small voice saying, there's a plan. There's a plan. There must be a plan. And then I started hearing my voice going, there better be a plan. Because <laughs> I'm frustrated, you know. But it was like, yes, Lord. Okay, so maybe this is part of that plan. Maybe God's presence was in this the whole time. Could we believe that as followers of Christ? that maybe God is more active in our lives than we even care sometimes to acknowledge or recognize. God wants to be involved in our lives. He is involved in our lives. We just have to recognize him. I walked away from hugging Trey's neck and talking with him. I walked, I boarded the plane. I just sat there and shook my head and I got emotional. I said, God, you are so good. I was upset. I was inconvenienced and God said, I had a plan. What are the chances? I mean, really, when you stop and think about it, if you've ever been in Salt Lake City Airport, what are the chances that he would be sitting right across from me? And had my mom not been moved by the Holy Spirit to text me in that moment, we would have sat right across from me. We were closer from here to the sound booth. And I didn't even realize he was sitting there. I would have missed him. That's just like God, isn't it? To let that moment, to let me see it. Now, let me say this. Sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes God is active and we don't see him like we'd like to see him. But once in a while, we'll get this little special moment where we say, God, you were all in this. You were all, all the inconvenience, all the frustration, all the delays, all the interruptions. Can God be in the interruptions of our lives? Sure he is. Here's what I'd like to say to you. We need to be careful, church, about scheduling ourselves so busy that we don't allow ourselves to see God in life in the interruptions of life 
in the stops of our day, in the, in the going and the doing and all the things that we, we have going in our lives, let us not miss his presence. God is teaching me, and I'm just saying this is me, and this is not in your notes because this went to press on Thursday. I had that God moment on Friday. But I'm going to tell you something God is teaching me, and I want to, I want to give it to you. You can write it down if you, if you want to. The challenge for me in sitting in that air, airplane after I walked away from Trey Calfee was look for God's leading because, see, he was leading his people. Look for God's leading even in what seems like life's interruptions. Look for how God is leading even in what seems like is life's interruptions. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will direct your paths. When we trust in the Lord, he has a plan. Thank you, Lord, for letting me see that moment. If you are a follower of Christ, his presence is with you. When you leave here today, God doesn't stay in this building. I hope you know that. God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. He doesn't live here at Bethesda or any other church for that matter. He'll go with you. He'll go with me. His presence will go with us as we go through our day. And he is not with, only with us. Here's something I'm learning. He's not only with us, he's leading us. See, we're good about saying the Lord is with us, yes, but, but it's more than that. God's not only with us in our difficult moment. He is leading us. Contrary to some people's opinions, sometimes he's even leading us into difficult situations so that he might be glorified. But we have the promise he will lead us through the difficult situation as well. So he's not only going with us, but he is leading us. How and where will he lead you this week? He'll lead you by his spirit. He'll lead you by his word. In fact, what I'd like to say to you today is how do we, the question I'd like to present, maybe this is what you're asking, how, how do you know when God is leading you? How, how do you know when God is leading you? We don't always have those Trey Calfee moments where we're like, okay, God, I get it now. Sometimes life just seems confusing. I'm like, what was that about? And I don't get any answers. That's okay. That's why we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear the word of God? Even when we don't get it, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes you don't have those moments where God reveals it and says, I was in this. Sometimes it's trust and we just go, God, I don't, I don't get it, but I'm trusting you are in this somehow. I've learned this. I'm still learning it, trying to practice it more and more in my life. The Lord is completely trustworthy if you're a follower of Christ I'm here to tell you today no matter what you're going through the Lord is completely trustworthy and he's eternally good he's trustworthy you say but pastor you don't know what I'm going through I, I don't know every, what everybody's going through but I know God leads us he can lead us by his spirit and he leads us according to his word let me make some clarification here before I finish how do you know when God is leading you or when it's your own desire? I say test it or check it. Always test it with the word of God. It would, would God be in life's interruptions like I had the other day? Absolutely. Would God be in that? We see it in scripture where he interrupted people's lives 
so that they could have a meaningful God moment, God encounter with somebody. So I see it in line with the word. Let me tell you this. God is never going to lead you to do something that would be in contradiction or opposition to his words. God will never lead you into doing something that's in opposition or contradiction to his word. Living without the word of God is like trying to go somewhere in your life you've never been without directions. I've been doing a lot more travel and I keep thinking, what did we do before we had Google Maps? I traveled. I traveled all over the United States before Google Maps. Yeah, that's how old I am for some of you young guys, right? And I, I remember having to humble myself as a man and stop and ask for directions a lot of times, you know. Men don't like to do that if you didn't know. I'd have to ask somebody direction. I'm in the city. I don't know where I'm going. But I'm doing the best I can. It's, it's frustrating when you're trying to find your way. And, and that's what it's like in life. Living without God's word in your life is like trying to go somewhere you've never been without directions. But God's word will direct us. The Bible tells us, and, and this is not on the screen. The Lord gave me this after our, my moment with God. Psalm 37 and 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. You might write this down. Psalm 37 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart now let me tell you this it's not, that's not a promise that God will give you whatever you want but it is a promise that as you seek God with all of your heart and you delight in his presence in your life he promises to fill your heart's desires because you will want what he wants you will desire your, your desires will come in line with his desires he will place his desires within you he will place what he delights in your heart. And so what you delight or desire, he will bring to pass because he placed that within you. He placed the desire in my heart to see Trey Calfee. He's, he's placed some things in your heart by his word and by his will to be a blessing to somebody around you or to help. And he leads us then, if we'll trust him, he will lead us in those moments Always check things with the word of God, but his spirit will lead us. Your desires will match up with God's desires. He will place his desires within you, and it will be evident. It will be visible. You'll be able to lay your head on your pillow at the end of the day and say, I see God and how he was working in my life today. I couldn't see it in the moment. But standing here looking back, I see God in it. Aren't you grateful that God is present in our lives? Now, I'm not going to get through this teaching. Some of you are going, man, he's still got another point. That's one of the blessings of pastoring and doing a series. We'll just pick up on point number two next week. Bring somebody you know that's in a tough spot. Bring somebody you know that feels like they're in a, between a rock and a hard place. We're going we're gonna to help. We're going to, by God's word, we're going to help folks to see and understand that God is present and how God moves in the lives of his people.